welcome to this week's episode of Chasing the Whimsy. I am your host, Ben, and I'm here with Liam. Liam, we got a big one today. Um, we have a theme for episode 37. We've got some special guests. Uh, today, our guest is a special one, one that has been there since the beginning of Whimsy. He has shown that he he has shown that you can build a career through fandom. In 1996, he created a fan site that caught the eye of a rising star in indie film. From there, he started behind the scenes as tech guy, watching indie film evolve into a podcast empire. He has branched out briefly to work with Project Greenlight with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, before returning home to Buskew. He has stepped out from behind the desk and tried his hand at podcasting. He has hosted podcasts the likes of Pup Nuts for 44 episodes, I Saw Comics for 334 episodes, The Mike and Ming Show for 120 episodes, The Sam and Ming Show for 15, The Secret Stash Live for 38. He was a regular on This Morning Show and countless others. Uh, he's also an original resident of Tesney Town, where he may or may not have been hypnotized by man love, announced to the world a secret that everyone already knew, <clears throat> Cliff, represented Sheldon the Sheep on YouTube in a grueling pod wars of 2013, just losing the gold because of a White Castle burger, but found redemption winning the Glory Hole Gold Medal in the Bicentennial Battle, battle of 2014. But in typical Tesney fashion, victory was short-lived as he lost the 2014 Xmas special and branded with a Tell Him Steve Dave tattoo. A year later, he had the last laugh winning the Blue Juice Comics 1 True 3 Invitational, ISO Comics dominating the flagship game of Tell Him Steve Dave. With close to, if not exceeding, a thousand podcast episodes, a love of comics and pop culture fandom. He reached new heights, casted as one of the main comic book men on AMC's hit reality show that ran for seven seasons and 96 episodes. In late, two, uh, in late 2023, next to indie film legend Kevin Smith, this person was awarded the Mammoth Arts Maverick Award. These days, you can spot him almost every weekend at some con in some town signing autographs taking pictures, and supporting the fandom that built his career. During the week, he's managing his own podcast empire, a shared universe, a chain of podcast studios, currently with three locations. Today, he's with us. We have the pleasure and honor of having Ming Chen. Hello, Hello every, Ming Chen. Hello, everybody. What's up? What's up, Chasing the Whimsy? Uh, nothing. Yeah. Um, this this is a red-letter day, my friends. Uh, I... I Guided you through the world of podcasting in a in a uh, a class in I believe June, late June. Yeah. And uh, look, at you guys now, I I couldn't be prouder, I couldn't be happier, and uh, I'm honored to be on the 37th episode. Uh, 37, as you as you all know, if you're listening to this, and of course you guys know uh, a very big number in the the Viewskew Kevin Smith universe. So this is a high honor, and it is uh, fantastic to see the both of you. And that was probably the most amazing intro I've ever heard. So well done, <laughs> my guys, my friends. Yeah, I've gotten awards, um, multiple bios written about me, been in newspaper articles and on TV, and, but uh, nothing can touch that introduction you guys just gave to me. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. Uh, I took that from uh, Kevin Smith because like on a lot of his early Batman on Batman, he would do these long like five minute intros. And I was like, I'm good with my three-minute intro, so yeah. we're happy with that. 
Yeah, but even um, uh, even my Wikipedia page isn't that detailed. So you know. <laughs> uh, there's some deep cuts in there. Oh yeah. Um, uh, the man love, some of the uh, the podcast wars. So uh, yeah, I thought it would be fun a little a little kickback to 37. That's what the episode is. Uh, so we're gonna have you um, in there with uh, we got Jay Sarge. Uh, he's coming on. He's gonna be one of the episodes of episode 37. Amazing. Um, and then we're going to also, we finally got it confirmed. We got a certain beard guy coming on. Wow. Wow. So we just got to schedule him after the cruise. So. Well, even I can't get him on. So, uh, I, uh, I'm, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going on that cruise with them. I'll, I'll let him know what great guys you are and how much fun he's going to have. Wow, it's going to be a fun time. Um, so you were there in the beginning and. Uh, you follow us on the socials and, you know, you and I, uh, you know, texted and tweeted back every once in a while. Um, how are we doing? Like for six months, you you guys are knocking it out of the park. Uh, I've taught many classes at this point, but you guys have literally taken the ball or the mic, as it were. And you guys have, have ran with it. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people create podcasts. They have fun with it for maybe 10 episodes and then, you know, it tails off. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot yeah. of people can't. It was like, whoa, you know, this was fun, but they they don't. The longevity just isn't there, and uh, it stinks to see because you know, guys like you and I know this is fun. This is something we could do for probably for the rest of our lives. We wanted to, so that's one thing. Number two, I've had a lot of podcasters come in here, and you know, maybe they'll they'll be maybe five or ten episodes in, and they're like, hey. So when do we get like Joe Rogan numbers? When do we get a million <laughs> listeners? You know, when when do we get like a hundred listeners? I'm like, well, have you marketed? Have you told anyone you have a podcast? Have you gone on on social media? Have you created any graphics? Have you have you marketed or promoted yourself in any way? Like, well, no, that's hard. We or you know, I don't like social media or whatever. And you guys are the exact opposite. Uh, <laughs> you guys are you guys are posting. You guys. Or you guys have a, 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 a almost an animated series at this point. You guys are posting, uh, you know, you guys have a cartoon, you know, a comic strip, basically. Right. Uh, you guys are posting constantly. And more importantly, though, you guys have remained extremely consistent with your podcast um, to the tone of recording 37 ev- episodes and beyond. Uh, that is a major achievement. And uh, and I love it. And I have I really have to congratulate you guys. I truly couldn't be happier uh, guiding you through that first episode and that and the, and the course and to see where you guys are now. Uh, you have a professional setup in in your place. <laughs> you guys have branding. Uh, you guys have merchandise. You guys have pins. <laughs> it's it's really really amazing. Um, so in a, in short, you guys are doing amazing. And uh, yes. I, I want to sit uh, help you promote and continue. And have uh, a lot of fun with this. Yeah, we're definitely having a good time. And speaking of branding, uh, most people probably won't see the video of this for a little bit, but our logo technically was a Ming Chen original. Oh yeah, yeah. You uh, <laughs> you told me what you guys wanted, I, I and uh, I, I I ran with it. I love uh, I love making logos and graphics. A few people blow it up to banner size, like you guys did. That's like uh, that's like a ten by twelve banner or something like. You know, it's yeah, it's big. It's big. And uh, I, yeah, I love to see it. Well done, my friends. Thank you. Um, so I was also on um, the socials and I kind of follow you and I see you're at a con like every weekend. Uh, how many cons did you do this year? 
I lost count last year, but I think I hit close to 30. I had to be probably 30. I may have added one or two in there and not uh, and forgot to count them. So, I, but I was somewhere in the neighborhood of 30, and that's that's a lot in a 52 week year. That's right. that's a lot of conventions. I don't really plan it out that way. Uh, you know, because we're back in the in the beginning of the year, and I I knew there's some kinds that I return to every year, which is cool because it's it's nice to be invited back. But um, it wasn't until somebody was like, "Hey, could you make a list of where you are this year?" And that way we can see if you have any gaps in your schedule and, and maybe help you fill them in. And I made a list and I was like, well, I've got like I've got 19 events booked already this year. Oh, wow. And and, you know, it's not 30, but the other ones will will fill in. You know, you, um, what typically happens is uh, I, I try to schedule somehow because there's some I really love going to back to every year. There's like Comic Palooza in Houston that I go back to every year. Uh, there's some in like in, in Minnesota that I go back to every year. Um Typically, what happens is you go to some of these conventions, you'll meet other people who run conventions, and they'll come up and say, hey, we're big fans. We're throwing a con in six months in, you know, like Boise, Idaho, or Portland, Maine, or, you know, St. Louis. Would you consider coming out? And I'm like, well, when's the date? And like, oh, I'm free that week. Yeah, I'll, I'll totally come out. Let's Here's my email. Let's let's make it happen. So, yeah, the, the schedule just kind of fills in. And then a lot of random events happen. Um, uh, I think you mentioned uh, the the Bractal Joker's cruise, which I got invited onto maybe two or two or three months ago, and I just got word there's there are a couple extra cabins on the View Skew cruise, and they're like, hey, do you want to come? And of course I want to go. So right. that uh, yeah, so things, these things just kind of happen. Um, it's it's nice. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a place where I was a high school and college kid. I didn't get invited to any parties. I you know I sat at home playing 8-bit Nintendo and chatting with, with people online and uh, just basically, you know, staying at home behind a computer or watching Star Wars or Star Trek to now getting invited to cool stuff. It's a, it's a good feeling for sure. And not only is it, you know, it's not just any party. They're like nerd-based parties. Right. They're like, you know, they're my world. So it's, uh, it's really nice to be invited and included in stuff like that. And so I don't know if I'm going to hit 30 this year, but you, you, you just never know. You just never right, know. Right, for sure. Yeah, and last year was pretty exceptional. I got to go to a con in Hawaii. I got to go to a con in Anchorage, Alaska. So those are both pretty mind blowing experiences. Have you visited every state now? I'm I'm four away now. So Alaska was one of them. So I got I crossed that one off last year. So this is what I'm missing. I'm missing Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, and South Dakota. So I'm missing four. Yeah. They're all connected. There is a con in. Uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, that I've, I've heard of. Uh, it's called Supercon, which I'm going to send an email and see if uh, maybe they have room for me. Uh, here, someone has asked me to save a date. They have a con in North Dakota in September that they want me to go to. And uh, I just sent an email to a con in Idaho called uh, Gem State Comic Con, um, just kind of laying it all out. I was like, hey, I would love to come to your convention. I'm a pretty good guest. I show up on time. I'm not a pain in the ass. I don't trash my hotel rooms. I don't get arrested when I'm at conventions, and uh, you know, and I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm pretty good, pretty good with fans. So we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Plus, I'm cheap. I work cheap. Yeah. So. <laughs> because uh, like I don't. It was like a couple like a month ago. We went to a really like we went to a, a Tuscon. It was a really small con. So like, do you go to like big con? I know you go to like the big ones, but is there any like little tiny ones? 
that you like to go to just to go to? Yeah, I, I go to all of them. Uh, big, you know, I, I've, I've been to the biggest cons in some of the t- biggest cons in the world, San Diego and New York Comic Con. I always go to every year. But I get invited to the, you know, one or two days small, like hotel ballroom cons, right? Okay. And while, you know, oh, those are. We did. Yeah. And, um, there's something special about those those smaller conventions. They're they're guys who are just starting out. So while they might not be able to get you know like a Chris Evans or you know some of these these huge guests, they they run it with a lot of heart. You know they do what they can with what they're given or what they can provide, um, but they do it uh, because they love it. Um, they're certainly they, you know they're not making millions of dollars throwing a hotel ballroom convention. If they make any money at all, it's a big win. Uh, a lot right. of them do it. They love pop culture so much. They recognize that there's a need in the area, a lot of pop culture fans, and they don't have a convention there. It's like, well, why don't I rent out a hotel ballroom and I'll, I'll do it myself? And uh, a lot of those are are what they lack in maybe funding or or you know larger guests. They make up with heart and fun, and uh, I'm I'm all about that for sure. Um, so, they were definitely like the nicest people there. Uh, we had the Sophie, our three year old. Um, she was running around. Everybody was super, super nice. Um, we had Robert Kurtzman there. Yeah, yeah, the guy who uh, the guy who created uh, the Tusk, Mister Tusk. Right? Yeah, for sure. He's um, yeah, yeah a, a legend in the special effects makeup industry. Yes. Yeah, we had him on. The, uh, we actually recorded from the floor, which was uh, awesome. different and exciting. That's awesome. So we got the twenty-five minute interview with him, which was fun. Uh, so we're going to try to do some more cons next year for sure, and this year, twenty twenty-four for sure. Yeah. So uh, one one thing I'm trying to integrate in, within the convention world, whether it be big or small, uh, I think all of them should integrate podcasting. They should in, in, be including podcasting in their programming. So I, I have noticed a lot of the conventions, uh, podcasters will get a table and set it up and and set up uh, a little podcast studio on the floor and interview guests and vendors and and uh, fellow attendees. And uh, I see a lot more of that now. Uh, there's one convention in Omaha, Nebraska. I went to a few years back, and they had a whole podcast section. So, yeah. So if you go to uh, Comic Con, uh, one of the featured areas is called uh, uh, Artist Alley, where they feature all the artists and writers in their own section. And what they did was they they created a podcast alley, you know, and it was cool. They had about eight eight to ten podcasters all set up. Um, they gave them free reign with their space, like, hey. You know, if you want to make your own set or bring a couch and a rug or, you know, trick it out, feel free to do that. And I, what was cool was all the other podcasters interacted and interviewed each other. Then I came over and I went and I, I sat down for like 10, 15 minute interviews with each podcast. And I thought that was really great. And I think uh, I think this is this is our future, my friends. I think each every convention will have a podcast alley. So that's something I'm trying to maybe spearhead or get behind. And, you know, podcast alley. At New York Comic Con, brought to you by a shared universe. That's uh, oh, there we go. Hey, well, if you need someone, let us know. We work really cheap. Yeah, uh, we'll come out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that would be really cool. I think that's where lo- what we're looking at in the in the future of uh, convention world is the integration oh, yeah. of two of my favorite things in the world. Definitely. Um. So recently, so throughout this whole journey, um, I've always kept you in my back pocket. You know, for any questions and things. Uh, what I like about you is you're not constantly trying to sell me a shared universe. Like, hey, um, like you, you didn't listen to an episode or anything like that and be like, oh, well, we could do your audio better. You you gave us the tools and you just let us kind of just do our thing. And then you just supported that the whole time. So kind of like when we're doing some of these podcasts and the socials, 
we're getting all these people like trying to sell me stuff. And I got kind of irritated because I was like, I don't want all of your guys is like, I'm like, I still have no idea what I'm doing with this thing yet. Like we're still learning. We're, it's me and my kid having a good time. We're just having fun. Um, and it got to a point where it just like, it rubbed me wrong. And I was like, Liam, I think 2024, we need to rebrand ourselves a little bit. And similar to your journey and Kevin Smith's journey is we have this real, uh, this like revelation where we want to be indie pod where we're just going to keep just doing it out of our house if it's a little echoey, sure. If you hear the AC, his his chair squeak, that's just going to be part of our like our calling card. That's going to be what we are. It's like it's not the best sounding. Um, you know, we're doing some live streaming stuff soon. Um, I did a test run yesterday, and it looked good. But could it be better? Sure. But I think right now, I think we're kind of just looking at like how do we just maintain that heart of just being kind of indie. Um, so. You having worked with Kevin Smith since 96, um, what are some of the, like, how is it working in indie film versus like a, like a larger production like Lucasfilm or Marvel? Like, how is it working with indie? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I love indie film. So while I, I haven't been on a Marvel or Star, or Star Wars set yet, yet uh, I've seen some of Kevin's bigger productions. Uh, I've been a couple of big film sets. And, uh, you know, the larger ones are definitely chaotic. You know, there's like 200 crew people running around and, you know, it's, 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 it's chaotic. And, um, it's, uh, there, there seems to be a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, you know, we gotta get the, we gotta get the shot. Everyone's gotta do this. Um, it's also a lot of waiting around and, you know, they're waiting for lighting and, and there are a lot of setups while in indie film, you don't have time or, or budget to mess around. So, um, for something like Kevin says, uh, you know, you're, you're there and, uh, you know, you may t- do a couple takes as like, OK, we got it. Let's move on. Uh, w- but what I really love about Kevin sets is very fun. It's very laid back. It's a it's a to me, it's a it's probably a stark contrast to some of these bigger sets where, yeah, you know, they're one, you know, two, two days set up, maybe a whole week to set up a shot. And then everyone's under pressure and they're probably executives visiting, seeing, you know, if you're if you're wasting time and money. Whereas on Kevin said, yeah, it's all about it's all about fun, and uh, he, he's a very laid back director. He'll ask for what he wants, and you know he's not screaming at you or anything, and right. uh, and typically, yeah, you nail it in a, in a in a couple takes. Um, uh, yeah, just very recently, uh, back in September, uh, Kevin graciously gave me a, a small part in his upcoming movie, the four thirty movie, which I'm okay. I'm, I'm excited for everybody to see. Uh, totally, totally unexpected, and uh, gave me, gave me something pretty, pretty fun, small part. But uh, I, I, I actually got, I got a couple lines, and uh, we shot on a location. But literally from uh, maybe, from the time I got there to the time I left, maybe it was maybe four hours, and we shot for maybe one hour. So you know, we got a pretty good chunk in there, uh, very quick, very easy, um, and uh, it's. Um, I got to see myself on screen. I saw a rough cut as well. And uh, yeah, you guys are going to be blown away for sure. Um, Yeah. So I like when uh, Kevin Smith, like early on, like he, he's always like kind of toted like the use what you have and the people around you. Like he doesn't need like the, the, the Robert Downey juniors. He doesn't need to spend a budget on all the top listers. He's like, who do I have near me? And that's, I mean, that's basically how he started was all his friends were all, I mean, Walt was in clerks, like, Eight different scenes yeah. and different people. The egg guy. Yeah. The cigarette pack guy. The... Uh, who else? 
Um, yeah, but what was nice about Kevin Smith in that first film um, is, you know, we shot it at night because we didn't want to have to pay for lighting. And yep. we did it in black and white because yep. it was cheaper. And it's yep. like, that's kind of where we're at with whimsy with this idea of, like, I like, like, there's some value in the things that some of these people are selling. And I get it. But at the same time, it's just like, don't, don't take away our whimsy, like our whimsiness. Yeah, I I I think uh, you know the 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 key is to keep it simple. The 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 easier it is, the more the more the more you'll want to do it. You know, if they're all a bunch of moving parts, and um, you know, for example, podcasting or this, what we're doing, uh, we're working with what we have. Even here at the studio, uh, I'm working with what I have. I don't have million dollar cameras here. Uh, I have pretty good microphones, but you know, they could I could I. I, you know, could I could I buy two thousand dollar microphones? Yeah, I guess. But I would rather put that money into buying uh, other things to accommodate my clients. Uh, you know, I got a little lighting in here, but you know, they're they're they work. They're I bought them on Amazon. You know, they're not the best. Right. But the but the key is that uh, you meet a lot of people and like, oh man, I I want to do it, but I I want to wait till I can buy all this like fancy gear or you know I want to yeah and and they don't and they never end up doing it. You know, they're worried so much about making it perfect. They, they never right. actually get to create the content. And uh, yeah, that's if you're watching this, you just use what you have and just just get it going. You'll improve as you go along. You'll, you'll definitely improve as you go along. Um, but the, the important part is that just to go and create it. And that's what I love about you guys. You guys have uh, you guys start out small. You guys look looking pretty pro back there right now. And of course, there's always more stuff that we want. It's a never ending process. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna be buying gear and lighting and all kinds of stuff until you know, uh, uh, probably probably for the rest of my life. Um, you know, it's a constant, it's a constant effort to get better, of course. But um, that being said, it's not a constant effort to not even just start. You know, just to right. the, yeah. The worst thing you can do is wait. I, t- I tell it to right. every podcaster. It's like, oh, I've been thinking about podcasting. Well, stop thinking. Let's do it. I I will help you out. Come in the studio. I'll I'll let's record like a 15 minute show. Let me show you how much fun this is. So, yeah. uh, so you just talked about like IndiePod, but is there like an audience that like looks for IndiePod? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Now you know some of the bigger podcasts on bigger networks or some of the celebrity ones, they'll get pushed out more by say Spotify or Apple. You know, if you if you hit the podcast section or you open the podcast app, they'll be listed there. Um, a lot of them pay to get listed on there, so that's tough to compete with. Uh, if they're paying a lot of money to get on there, uh, but that being said, the whole heart of podcasting is that it can be created by anybody. You know, you don't have to be a celebrity, you don't need to be on a big network, you don't have to have a million dollars. You know, all you need is you don't even need a microphone. You can pull out your smartphone, you know, your iPhone, right. record a pod, pretty decent sounding podcast on there. Um, so if you look at, uh, I think they said there are like 14 million podcasts out there right now and some ungodly number of episodes, like 48 million episodes. I would probably say about 95% of those are just created by, by guys like us. You know, we, right. we just do it. We're in our kitchens. We're in our basements where we built our own studio. Uh, we're not part of, you know, a, a mass, uh, mass media company or anything. Uh, so the whole heart of podcasting is that it can be created by anybody. Uh, anybody, right. anybody with a voice, can create a podcast. So uh, I would say most of pod, most podcasts are indie pods, and most podcasts being consumed by you know by virtue of so many out there uh, are are independent podcasts. Um, so the the yeah the problem is getting your word out there, getting your market out there. But that's much like podcasting, much like you're recording your own episodes and editing or doing all that work. 
Uh, it's also your job to get get it out there, um, and that's right. why, you know, po- uh, you know, post post online that you have a new episode. Post every day that you've you've posted a new episode for the week. Uh, post behind the scenes stuff. Take clips from right. uh, if you're doing video or even audio. If you're video or take small best of clips, post those online. Um, you know, clip out a, a you know even 15, 30 seconds. Put that up as an Instagram reel. Um, get on TikTok. Throw some clips up on TikTok. The more people that you can reach, uh, YouTube Shorts is is right. huge right now. Uh, put it on there. You never know who's gonna find it, but it's uh yeah you really it's another job marketing your podcast. But oh, if you want sure, if you want people to listen, then you got to get out there and tell people about it. And yeah. um, and uh, you know use uh use use whatever audience that you think you might have. Uh, you know initially you're gonna build an audience. But yeah, you're you guys are Tom Steve Dave fans, so right. um, you know this episode uh, throw it up on uh, there. There are the two Facebook groups that, that I, I lurk on. There's a the Four Color Demons Facebook group. There's the T- uh, TSD Town Facebook group. Post it up on that. Uh, they have Reddit. You know, throw it up on Reddit. You know, whoever, however you can get people to listen to it. Just um, listen to us, and eventually they'll and someone will listen. Like. And we're not looking for like it was nice about it is right. We're not like looking for the hundreds and millions of views yep. and listens, but we're just looking for that nice just community who can kind of just enjoy the values that that uh, you and I both share. Yeah, and what uh, I what I love about this is is yeah you know, we kind of we kind of target it. You know, I, I talk about pop culture and comics, so that's the audience right. I'm going for, and those are the people who are going to listen to my podcast. And once they discover uh, how much fun we have, and you know, if they become fans of it. They become very rabid. Uh, I think the perfect example yeah. of this is Tom Steve Dave. Tom Steve Dave, they come out with a new hat on Black Friday. You're gonna buy it. You did buy it. Uh, I but did. yeah, and I, I, and people are gonna show up to their studio on Black Friday, and line up to get this hat. And I saw it. I was there. And not only that, while I didn't buy my own hat, I bought a bunch for other people who wanted it. So I, uh, yeah, I, I know how rabid this fandom is. And uh, you know, guys like them, they, they've really. Taking advantage of it, uh, they, they came with great content on their Patreon. They've got like seven, almost eight thousand uh, Patreon subscribers, and uh, yeah, they're not only they're are they able to entertain people, make them really happy, and kind of cultivate this really cool community or fandom, uh, but they're also able to live off of it as well. So that way, Brian Johnson doesn't have to get a real job still. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's kind of like. With with that, like they started off. I mean, they had the the, the following from VSQ and yep. Kevin Smith, so they had that kind of built in. But they didn't start doing the Patreon until you know a few years, like a couple of years ago. So like they started off, you know, pretty small for yep. a minute, and now they're just blowing up and creating content like crazy. Walt Flanagan, the the ideas this guy has is crazy. He, he, Walt Flanagan uh, is a genius, my friends. Uh, I th- I, I know on the surface he might not say it a lot. He might seem a little surly, and. Uh, you know, he seems very unassuming, but that that guy, man, uh, if you watch comic book men, um, I would say more than half of those plot lines uh, Walt Flanagan came up with right. uh, because he, yeah, I, I always say, well, Walt, Walt hates everything, but when he finds something that he likes or that he wants to do, look out, he's pretty dangerous. And right. uh, he's proven that time and time again. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, cultivating that fandom. And yeah, like you said, Tom Steve Dave didn't become popular overnight. It took them years to get to get to where they where they were so they start way back in 2009 and they're they're very consistent i, w- I would say uh you know I, you know the tv show on both our ends uh, impractical jokers and comic when definitely helped but it's really their content 
that that really shines and that's the reason why people love them so much uh it wasn't because they're on tv or because they're famous it's just because they're funny and they're weird and you know and they're jerks and they're you're but they have (laughs) they're jerks with heart and weird stories and you know it's just the it's it's the the three of them it's just like I, i it's like a perfect storm of like i i don't even know what you call it but it's entertaining it's so entertaining um, yeah, you know, even though I appear on there every so often, uh, even though I got made fun of a lot, I, I'm that same guy. When they release a new episode, I, I listen to it immediately. Perfect. So, like, you, we've been talking about Tesdy now, but, like, you just said that like, you got made fun of a lot. Yeah. But do you have, like, a favorite moment, uh, <laughs> including Patreon, too, with, like, a game show or something you've done with I mean, so many favorite moments. Uh, I think uh, winning the uh, the Blue Juice Comics uh, Invitational One Truth Three Championship was definitely a highlight. Uh, I that was a couple reasons why I love that one so much. One, of course, I I won finally. I don't. I very rarely do I win anything on Tell Him Steve Dave, and that's usually because the cards are stacked against me. And you know, I should know this because the one of the guys, the guy on the show, is creating the games. You know, he right. makes his own rules. So of course I'm gonna end up with a tattoo. I'm gonna end up looking at poop pictures. Like of course that's gonna happen. But that one, you know, that was a legit competition, and I had no, I didn't think I was gonna win. I don't think I'm a very good liar at all, and I, uh, and I don't think I'm that. I, I, I'm, I'm horrible at one true three. Just looking at that, listening to that first episode I ever did with Wall, he got really mad at me because I screwed up the game, apparently. <laughs> In his eyes, so you know, talk about ultimate redemption to go from that to winning all, winning it all. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, honestly, that episode took like five hours to record. So by the end of it, I was still in it, and I, I really just wanted to get out of there. I was like, can I just lose already? But I kept winning. I kept winning, right. and uh, you know, the way I won was, uh, you know, I, I had to pick out which one was the was not true, which true was not true. That's tough. That's hard. I think that's the toughest part to give out three stories. And, you know, at least you you kind of have a one in three chance of winning that. But on the other end, you got to pick out the right one. And somehow, somehow I kept going. Uh, The other reason why I love that that episode so much is I remember before the competition, I went on Reddit and I went on the message boards and there were so many people speculating. It's like, oh, man, I can't wait it's going to come down to q and johnson at the end no doubt they're really good liars they have good stories i can't wait to see them battle it out with each other that was a matchup everybody wanted to see and i think those both those guys kind of went out in the first round they went out very early yeah. so that and uh, i love that it came down to me and mike because no one wanted to see that no one really wanted right. to see I saw that comics like the the rival yeah. the rival podcast of telling steve dave yeah the rival podcast yeah, and uh, you know that uh, when I found out I won, I was pretty happy. So, um, you know, well, that, that... All of you, uh, everybody listening, uh, if you want to hear Ming Chen be a good liar and deducer, uh, episodes two sixty four on uh, Tell Steve Dave, uh, they're probably some of the funnest um, episodes that you'll ever hear. They were there for, like you said, five hours, and they just recorded for hours, and it was a uh, two parter. So it was a good episode, um, but you can see uh, Ming's highlight. In uh, 264 on Tom Steve Day. Yeah, and I believe 265 as well as a two-parter was so yeah. long. So uh, you get kind of a cliffhanger and then you get the ending, which was fun. Uh, the Christmas episodes are always fun. The uh, the, the, the the most recent one was, was really awesome. We kind of did a white elephant kind of deal. 
Uh, that was the concept. And uh, oh, I like those because Walt pours, you know, he spends all year thinking up what to do for that one episode. So, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at this, time, it's, this point, it's a tradition that it's not Christmas until you're the Tell Steve Dave Christmas special. Um, for sure. Yeah, that that one's good. Uh, the Get Him Wedding was pretty awesome. I think that was episode 300. Right. Um, the Brian Quinn roast was definitely a highlight. Um, vinyl cast two. Vinyl cast two, yeah, immortalized in a, on a record in vinyl. So yeah, that was pretty amazing as well. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of great moments for sure. Uh, I think the most recent episode where yeah, I got the Maverick Award, a local award, and right. then they brought me on to to talk about it and you know bust my balls about it a little bit. That was fun because it kind of end up being the yeah you know, they, they kind of end up being kind of complimentary actually, which was weird. But they apologized. They're like, no, he is a maverick. He, he's doing he's doing a bunch of stuff out there. Yeah, so. yeah. So that was that was definitely fun. So I think and there's a there's a lot of lot of stuff to come. I think uh, these these guys have no end in sight, and I'm just, I'm very happy to be a part of it. Very nice. Yeah, I've looked at some of the Patreon stuff, and I like I remember there was one that really stuck out to me, which was the. Uh, the sports one when you guys were all playing sports. Oh yeah, and, and, and all of you guys just old, just and <laughs> like playing baseball and stuff, and having a good old time. That uh, yeah. yeah, that uh, that's always funny. Is uh you know these are these are games we used to play as kids, right? So when I yeah you know, I haven't played wiffle ball in so long, and I was like, all right, I still got this right, and I'm like I'm striking <laughs> out, and I can't can't hit the ball, I can't catch can't run as fast as I used to. It's not just me. It's a whole bunch of us. Like, oh, right. geez, man. Yeah, it's funny watching old dudes try to do stuff that they used to be able to do, I guess. So that was fun. Um, I was invited for the – there was a part two. I was invited there, but I wasn't in town, so I had to miss out on right. that. So I missed out on that. And, the you know, the the Brian Nichelle, the muscular Brian Nichelle running around. So hopefully I'll be – when they do a third one, I'll be there. Uh, So um... – you you really encourage a young audience, but do your kids listen to Tezzy or any of your podcasts? Uh, I don't believe my kids have ever listened to a podcast episode. They've watched a couple episodes of Comic Book Ben, but they, they certainly haven't seen all 96. Uh, I think the one that they really liked was uh, there's a season one, episode three is entitled Commercial. And it's one where we make a wacky commercial for the stash. And uh, our tagline in the commercial is, we got that, and they love that part. That was that was the only part they liked. But other than that, yeah, I don't think they've really watched it. Certainly out there, accessible if they ever want to see it. But um, you know, very rarely as you know, the thing I learned very quickly as a parent is when you have kids, your kids never think you're cool. Like no matter what you do, you're not. <laughs> it's hard to be cool, and uh, I get I get it. I get it. You know, unless if I appeared on if I was anime and appeared on SpongeBob, I probably would have been cool. If I showed up right. on, on iCarly back in the day, I might have been cool. But, you know, if I showed up on Yo Gabba Gabba, I would have been cool. But that's that's pretty tough, man. That's pretty tough. So, yeah, they're not really, you know, entrenched in the Kevin Smith world. Uh, I think they've seen Impractical Jokers, but, I, you know, I, I have not been invited on there yet. And, uh, you know, even though I was, on, I was on TV, I've been in a couple movies, yeah, I'm still not really cool in their eyes. So I, I get it. I get it. It's How tough. old are they now? Uh, my daughter's eighteen and my son's sixteen, so they're they're certainly old enough to to watch and appreciate right. it. But you know, it's, it's it's your dad. It's like, eh, you know. Yeah, give it a little time. They'll find it in their in their early twenties and be like, "This is kind of like what we're doing here." Is like Sophie's three, yeah, and just the idea that one day she's going to listen fifteen years back and be like, 
I can't believe that's my dad. Yeah, and I think what's really cool is, uh, you know, imagine what I love about this. You know, imagine you're digging around in a closet somewhere and you find a box of tapes and you find out that your mom or dad was like, used to be a radio DJ and they never right. told you and they had all this hours of recorded content. How cool would that have been? You know, now my dad wasn't a DJ that I know of. I don't think my mom's ever recorded anything. But now, you know, guys like me and you, you and you guys, we have all we have these episodes. We have these kind of snapshots in time, which our grandkids could listen to, or our, our relatives. You know, they could go back and listen to all these, and get a sense of their history and what things were like in their family back then. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, your Maverick Award, I think a large part of that you receiving that award was just your constant, just support and fandom of, um, not just like comic book stuff, but just of local, um, local businesses, uh, Monmouth County, New Jersey, Red Bank. Um, you even did a little bit of work with, or you met with a elementary school, the Bulldog's Passion. Yeah. Uh, how was that? That was cool. Uh, so somebody, uh, somebody had heard of, about a shared universe, the studio, and I got an email from a teacher. It was like, hey, so I, I, I'm in a, I'm in a pretty cool school. Uh, I have a bunch, I believe there's six, seven and eight year olds. They're somewhere in that neighborhood. So they're very young. And it's like, Hey, uh, I, I, we started podcasting and we're doing great and the kids love it. Uh, but they really, they want to see a real studio. Can I bring, is there any chance I could bring them down? You know, what's this going to cost? Uh, you know, could we pick out a date? And I was like, Oh yes, absolutely. Bring the kids down. Like let's, this is awesome. This is something I would have loved to have done when I was a kid. So, uh, you know, we rearranged the, the logistics. I think we had 10 or 11 kids come down about a year ago. Um, so for the first maybe half hour or so, I, I you know, I told them about why, what, why I do what I do, why podcasting is awesome, why they're awesome. And then for the next hour or so, we recorded. So they had stuff that they, they prepared. Uh, they interviewed <laughs> each other. They interviewed me. It was it was really fun, and the I you know the, I I heard the kids had a lot of fun afterwards, and uh, I, I you know I hopefully it propelled them into wanting to do it even more, and um and it, it went so well that on Wednesday coming up in a few days this week they're coming back the new class is coming oh, back, cool. and uh, I can't wait to see them again so and uh, I they did not yeah know that when I wrote this this yeah. outline that was so cool yeah they're coming back and not only that uh I and you know they they're not the only ones I've uh. I've had another school kind of on the opposite end. They, they're more high school kids and they're at a private school. Um, it's a school, they're they're a high-end private school. So like Bon Jovi sent his kids there. I think like Springsteen's kids used to go over there. Like people, like more, you know, more people w with a budget, shall we say, or more famous. They, they That's where they send their kids. Uh, they contacted me. He's like, hey, we've been podcasting. Can we come down? I was like, absolutely, come down. And by the way, if you have a job opening for a podcast teacher, like, oh, hey, man, I'm, I'm here. So, uh, yeah, they have not called me back about that yet, but I want to have them back in. And then, uh, you know, in addition to kids coming here, I go to schools as well. I go to a lot of high schools and uh, bring gear and try to encourage those kids to podcast. Um, in the end, you have kids. I have kids. We've seen kids. We know kids. What do kids love to do? They love to talk, man. They love to talk. Right. And they're, you know, if you're going to, and they talk very passionately about what they love. And if you're going to do, do that, might as well record it, put it out as a podcast, share it with the world. So that's what I'm trying to encourage. But 
Um, yeah, I love, but I love that. I love seeing younger kids come in and like, whoa, this is really cool, and getting them into podcasting at a younger age. Like the, me and you, this is something we would have killed for if, right. if we were, you know, seven, eight. And um, so, yeah, I love seeing younger people podcasting. Uh, well, you just said seven or eight, and uh, I actually have a little cousin that's nine who is actually working on a book right now, and he's we got him a little like recorder, like a handheld one, yeah, yeah. and he just sits down and he talks about his little idea and sits there, and then we turn them into little podcast episodes to kind of share his idea. That's awesome. Because uh, you and Kevin Smith tried really hard to encourage young kids to podcast. Yeah, just go so po- we- just create, right? Just create, whether it be a podcast, YouTube video, TikTok, whatever. We we have a it's so easy now to create something yourself and it can, you can be any age, create something yourself and put it out there for other people to enjoy. And, uh, I think that's pretty good. And who knows, you might, you might blow up. Um, you know, you might be like that guy, I think his name's Evan or whatever unboxing stuff. He's making like 20 million a year now. Right. Uh, you could be the next, you know, Ninja, you could be the next whoever, you know, you just never know. Right. Um, I think that's all we got for you. I know you got to get going. Um, do you have any projects coming up for 2024? Uh, you'll see me in Kevin's new movie. It's called The 430 Movie. Uh, very proud to, to have him ask me to be in that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll probably be uh, I'll probably be at a convention near you at some point. So hopefully we get to see each other in person. Maybe do some oh, podcasting at a convention. Uh, let me work on getting closer to where you guys are, uh, which would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Arizona, correct? So yes, yeah. I know Phoenix got a fan fusion down there. They have not invited me yet, but uh, let me work on that. Yeah. Um, I will be, I, I'll be in El Paso. I know it's New Mexico, but um, you know, I, I've been, there's a kind of Tucson, which I've been to before and they're, they, they're all around. Let me work on getting near you guys somehow. All right. For sure. Well, and, then, and then, uh, you yeah. Have the two cruises, you said, right? Yeah. The, uh, the Impractical Jokers cruises in two weeks, which I'm very excited about. And the Kevin Smith cruises in uh, late February. Um, but the IJ cruise I'm excited about simply for one reason. Uh, I, Brian Johnson has been on there, I think, three times and even yeah. met his future wife on the cruise. But the, my takeaway was I see him afterwards like, oh, man, it was so much fun. You got to come. You got to come. I had so much fun. I'm like, wait, you never have fun. I've never <laughs> seen you look forward to anything. Rarely do I see you having fun. If if this cruise is that fun that you're enjoying it, then I got to go. Like imagine me, Mr. Fun. I have fun no matter where I am. Imagine me right. going on this. I can't. Yeah, I can't wait. So uh, I'll uh, I'll have stories for sure to bring back for you guys. Uh, Liam's getting ready to go to uh, an Impractical Jokers show. Oh, um, you're gonna love week. it. You're gonna any, love uh, it. Any suggestions, ideas for him to help stand out a little bit? Uh, tell any if you have tell him Steve Dave gear. Uh, Q if he sees it, he usually points it out, or you know he'll draw attention to anybody. Who tell him uh, tell him Steve Dave gear. So uh, hats, shirts. I don't know if they if they let you bring in signs, you know that might help, but um, <laughs> right. yeah, definitely uh, Q. Definitely, if he sees any any Tesdy stuff, he'll definitely um, he'll notice it for sure. Very cool. Um, we are six months in, so another six months will be our one year anniversary. You gonna come back and uh, hang out again? I'm here anytime you guys need me, my friends. So yeah, Thank I you. I love you guys. Congratulations on 37 episodes. Uh, can't wait for. 137, 237, you know, 37, 37. Uh, you guys are doing great. 
and I'm here to help you guys out in any way I can. But you guys are amazing, and uh, I really couldn't be happier. Congratulations. Whimsy.